Good morning. We have a special morning today. Um, we have special guests with us here, and we want to welcome them. Pemina Valley Bible Camp will be sharing a, 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 with us about how camp is, how, what camp is, how camp is going, and uh, uh, Chris Harms is here as uh, the director, but we all know Jessica Siemens, and Jessica will share uh, a mission spot with us. So we uh, welcome everybody that's here, and there may be guests that are here uh, that are guests of the camp. So let's have a blessed worship time together. We will get to see how God is working and how he's working in our corner. We have a special spot in the, in the hills there. And um, this is a place, a special space, place where Jesus meets with the children. And, I, and, and for a call to worship, I'd like us to turn to Mark 10, verses 13 to 15. And it's headed, let the children come to me. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them laying his hands on them. For me, camp has a special part in my heart because it was when I was 10 years old in camp that a counselor helped me into this journey, this walk of faith. And so I, I understand, you know, the opportunity, the special place that camp is, not only for the children, but for the counselors and for all those involved. So let's take a moment and, and call the Father and ask him to be part of us. Father, I thank you for times like this morning where we can hear how you're working in the lives of our youth, in the, in the lives of counselors, counselors who are in training for their future life work. Lord, protect the camp. Give it the things that it needs to operate. Father, provide safety, anoint the work, the workers, and those that come to spend time during the week. Lord, may your Holy Spirit go home with them, with each camper, and as they influence the family. Lord, may your name be praised each day. And Father, we ask for a special time of worship this morning. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, call on the worship team, and, and um, they will introduce themselves as they're up here. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Thank you for the, the invitation. Uh, yeah, we'll introduce ourselves quickly. My name is Terry Friesen. My name is Maya Lash. Anthony Pauls. Yeah, if you had uh, been to the banquet, um, there's a similar group that was up there, and so it was nice to see some, some friendly faces there, and, and uh, just the hosting that your church did for us, that was amazing, and super appreciate the ability to do our banquet here. Um, yeah, one of the things we love to do at camp is to worship together, and so uh, we'll join you, or we'll ask you to join with us in song and, and to be able to worship together. I'm just gonna check and make sure I got is that coming through. Uh, first song we're going to sing is Glorious Day, and uh, yeah, if you would, if you want to stand, feel free. If you want to sit, you you can stay seated. Came forth to be born above. 
virgin dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shine among us his glory
my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures.
I'm Jessica Siemens. I've been working at Pembina Valley Bible Camp since 2020. I was on their spring team in 2020 and also in 2021, and then I started full-time in the fall of 2021 as their administrator. Um, if you're not familiar with Pembina Valley Bible Camp, we're located out in the Pembina Valley, and we offer a number of different specialty camps, such as horse camps, wilderness, survivor, creative arts, paintball, bikes, discipleship camps, and also our family camp. So at the start of May, we welcomed our spring staff of nine people on site. So the spring season would probably have to be one of my favorite seasons at camp. Um, it's a season filled with intentional community, team building, sharing meals together, and preparing for summer camp. As our spring staff arrived and started to settle in, it didn't take long before it felt like we were one big family. Um, the planning for summer is well underway, and there's definitely an excitement building around camp as we welcome our first group of campers in just a few weeks. Looking back to December, we were not sure what summer would look like. We knew that there was the chance that it could look different again. During that time, we spent a week praying and fasting for, what the, upcoming, for the upcoming summer. After our time of prayer, we came back together as staff to share our ideas and the things that God had placed on our hearts for the summer ahead. We wanted to be able to plan for summer in a way that we wouldn't really have to change our plans if restrictions stayed or if they got lifted. So this led to several changes in the way we structure our spring and summer seasons. So as we began preparing for the spring and summer season over the last few months, we have seen God at work in many ways. Just before we opened our camper registration, restrictions lifted that we were now able to run overnight camps which we haven't been able to do for the last couple of years. When we opened up our camper registration this year, um, we saw re the camper registrations coming in faster than they ever have. Um, so as the administrator, part of my role is accepting all of these registrations. So the first day we opened um, our registrations, I think we got more than double the amount we would have normally gotten on the first day in previous years. It was definitely an overwhelming day of answering lots of phone calls and taking in lots of campers, but it was also super exciting as all these campers that were signing up are gonna get to come and experience camp this summer and also to hear about Jesus. Um, so in our office, we have this big whiteboard and it's where we keep track of all of our campers and how many are coming. And looking at it, it's just a, good picture of God's goodness. Um, a lot of our camp is full for the summer, and we do still have a few spots left in some of our camps. Um, it's been really incredible to see how things that were once just ideas and thoughts are now becoming reality. Um, as we finish our spring season in just a few weeks and head into summer, your continued prayers are greatly appreciated. This next week on June 17th, all of us full-time staff and spring staff are going to be having an outreach day in the Winkler and Morden area. Um, so each of us staff will be giving out a Bible to someone and sharing the gospel with them. This is something that we will also be encouraging all of our summer staff and campers to do as well. Um, I think this it's safe to say that this is outside of all of our comfort zones as staff, but we're excited to see how God will be at work in us and through us. Pray that we would have opportunities to share the gospel and courage to do so. Um, we're super excited for what God is all going to do this summer, and we thank you for all of your support. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, let's take a look at some of the things happening in our church community. Um, let's take the bulletins, uh, starting on page two. Um, let's remember Don and Shar Epp. Uh, let's pray for them as they prepare for what's next for them. We are going to need some delegates for the Salem Foundation annual meeting, so take note of that and contact Eileen. 
the MCC thrift store needs more volunteers. And when I speak and listen to some that are working there, they, can, they look forward to that part of the week. Um, the service there is in, in a big part, the big part of the blessing of serving there is serving. You know, on top of that, it's, it's a place that you can um, meet with people in this community and make a difference. If any of you would like a camp newsletter, Jessica is prepared to provide one. Just sign up on the, in the, in the foyer there. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Under church, family, praises, and concerns, um, we have some person with health, health needs, Hilda Hamm, Lawrence Schrader, and uh, Terp Thiessen are in various places, Boundary Trails and Crystal City Personal Care. But we've uh, got one more additional uh, prayer item. Uh, Peter and Meg Suderman would like us as a church to know that he developed fibrosis in the lungs last fall it's progressing, he is now on oxygen, and so pray for them as they travel this new journey together. Expressions of sympathy, I just want, I want to note, um, um, you know, there's uh, a number of people that have, um, you know, left us or left this part of their journey. Uh, Jacob Fraze passed on, passed on Monday, June 6th. A private family service was held on Wednesday, June 8th. And um, John Wheeler passed away on Monday, June 6th. His funeral was held on Friday, June 10th. Ella Zacharias um, passed on in June 8th. So please keep these families in your prayers and remember them and, and as you are able, support them. We have our church family potluck coming up on the 26th. Take note of that. So let's take these items um, and, and the work of the church and bring them to the Lord. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this day that you have granted to us. Father, we thank you for this coming week. And Father, help us to be um, faithful and obedient and to walk and be part of the things that, that you have for us to do. Father, we want to um, hold up Donna Sharep as they are busily working at, at following you and following um, the steps into their, new, their next journey. Um, we, um, we know that um, you know, their life has been difficult for them in the last two years. Uh, they haven't been able to connect with the tribe that they worked in, and Father, just open the doors and make things and prepare the way for them. Father, we thank you for um, the work that the MCC store um, does in this community, and we also thank you for the opportunity to work there, as it provides a opportunity to be blessed as you work, um, you know, with people. Father, we want to, again, you know, hold up the Pemda Valley Camp, hold up Jessica as she works there. Father, give wisdom and give, um, give energy. And um, Father, bless, bless them as they serve. We have various, various people in various health stages in our lives. Um, in particular, Hilda Hamm and Lawrence Schrader in Boundy Trails and um, Henry Thiessen at Crystal City, but we know, Lord, there are many others that are, that are dealing with uh, health issues, and Father, we ask for your, your peace and your, um, your wisdom as, um, as they work through these things. Give wisdom to the health providers as they help and guide with it. And Father, we want to pray for Peter and Meg as well as they are, are walking a new journey that they've not walked before. And for the number of families um, that are experiencing a loss for the Jacob Fraze family, John Wheeler family, and the Ella Zacharias family. Um, Father, they were special people that have left, but they're also special to you. And so, Father, walk with each family as they mourn and, and celebrate. Father, we just praise and thank you for this opportunity to gather and to um, hold up the work of Pemna Valley camp 
And um, Father, I just ask that as, um, as we give some of our gifts that you will multiply and use them where they are needed. Pray all of this in your name. Amen. Call on the ushers to come forward. Yeah, as I mentioned, it's, it's great to see familiar faces, and uh, it's great to see the faces who have been up to camp, or maybe we saw the banquet. I must admit, it's good to see a familiar face. My Aunt Anne-Marie Friesen is sitting over there, so it's very nice to see you as well. Um, but also, just it was kind of hit with uh, the announcement there, just, just about camp and how, how it's impacted you in your life, and, and just, just a reminder that this is, this is something that doesn't change. Um, and I can, I can attest and, and say, you know, camp is, camp is what it was. We may do different things, we may have different activities, um, but the heart of camp is Jesus Christ, and our ability to, and our opportunity to spread the word is the same as, as it was however many years ago that was for you. And so we thank you so much for your support, and we thank you for how you support Jessica in, in what she does at camp. And uh, yeah, just be encouraged. I mean, come visit any time, but rest assured that it is camp as usual up there. <clears throat> We're just going to share a song with you right now um, that embodies that a little bit that at the end of the day, it is literally just Jesus. Uh, we want to speak Jesus over everything that we do and that it might, um, yeah, it might guide our actions and our thoughts. It might do, be everything that we do up at camp and so that all of our effort is put into sharing his name with uh, everybody that comes our way. speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every strong I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over fear and all anxiety To every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Now Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. 
the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Amen. From the coolness of the garden to the chaos of the fall. When we saw the Red Sea parted in Jericho's tumbling walls, our love was leading us to freedom. You were teaching us your song through every page of history. You're right where you belong. From the beginning to the ending, you're the center. Thank you guys for uh, having us out here this morning and that we can be a part of your worship service and join you here. Um, for me, uh, I didn't grow up going to camp as a kid, actually. I was, uh, I was the stay-at-home kid that uh, would have been, been too far out of my comfort zone. And so I started my, my first summer at camp in 2016, came a little bit later than most of the kids that uh, show up. And, uh, and yeah, we just had an incredible journey just seeing how God uses uh, that time set apart for him to, uh, to impact lives. And uh, I recall just after our first summer of being at camp, just processing what is it that, that makes camp so impactful? What is it that, that just creates these opportunities for kids? And, uh, and the thing that I just continually saw over and over again was just how this time set apart when, when all the, the normal things of life, the busyness of life, when everything is just stripped away and we have this time set aside where, where there's a safe community, there's positive relationships and, and every day throughout the day is just infused with devotions and chapel time and just these times of just being still before God. And, uh, and, and through that we just see just this continual life-changing process. Um, 
I recall uh, one of our earlier summers at camp, it was in, uh, in 2016. Um, yeah, for Audrey and I, th- that was our season of just, yeah, getting to know camp, being a part of it, seeing how God works through camp. And, uh, and the summer was incredible, but we came to fall, we came to Thanksgiving, and one of our staff members, uh, her parents, uh, or sorry, her mother and her sister were in a car accident, and, uh, and her sister died on the scene, and, and uh, a few weeks later, maybe a month later, her mom passed away at Health Science Center as well. And so it was a tough time going to, going to back-to-back funerals within a couple weeks. And, uh, and we were just praying, like, God, how, how are you at work in this? How, how are you using this? And, uh, and we found out later that at her, at her sister's funeral, uh, the gospel message was shared. And, uh, and there, there were s- several individuals that had come to know the Lord that day. And, uh, and, and then again, uh, as time went on, and, uh, and we continued just conversation with the family, but July of 2017 came around, and uh, I got a text message one day from Jelena. She was the staff member from 2016, and she just asked, like, Chris, if there's ever a time that I could come share at camp, I just, God has done so many incredible things in my life this past year, and, and I think it's time to, to share about it. And, uh, and so we had her come up to camp for an evening, and, uh, and just share her past year, share the hurts and the challenges, but also just get to share about this eternal hope, just this peace and this freedom that she found in the Lord and how he had just brought so much comfort during this time. And, uh, and so we gave her the whole evening, the whole chapel time to, to share about this journey that God had had her on throughout the year. And, uh, and I think she had moved us all to tears by the end. And, uh, throughout the evening or, or later on in the evening, some kids were, were praying with their counselors and, and we found out that, that two young guys had come to know the Lord that night and, uh, and they could just resonate with her story. They had, uh, they had, they, these were brothers and they had lost a cousin to a car accident earlier in the year and they were just wrestling. They, they didn't have a, an eternal hope. They didn't know Jesus Christ as their savior. And so they wrestled with where do we go from here? Like, what is the meaning of life? And as they're trying to, to process this and they're, and they're just struggling, the hope that she shared in Jesus was just so, so enticing. It was so lacking and, uh, and it created a, an instant hunger and desire in their life. And so they made those decisions at night and, and we, we give the kids all these little uh, reviews at the end of the week. They fill out a review of some of their highlights and some of the things they like and didn't like about camp. And, uh, and there was another individual uh, that wrote on there that he had made a decision that night to follow the Lord as well. And yeah, it was just so, it was encouraging and, and also just that reminder of our story, our testimonies that we have and how they're made to go forward. We're, we're called to, to share our experiences, to share the things that God's doing in our lives to encourage each other and, uh, and to build up the body of Christ. And uh, yeah, and so we have a neat opportunity where we're set apart, we're set aside for a season, whether it's a week with a camper, two months with our, with our summer staff, or whether it's four months with the spring team, as Jessica mentioned. Uh, there are unique seasons, and, and we have just this opportunity to, to set aside some of the busyness, set aside some of the distractions, and, and just press into God and what he wants to do in us and through us. This morning, uh, I titled the message, uh, Laying Hold of God's Promises, and uh, I don't claim to know God's promises for your life. That's not where this was headed, uh, but rather a process, a journey that he desires to take us through. I don't know if you guys have ever called the bank or credit union where you have an account, uh, but if you call there and you want to access your information, um, it'll likely begin with some questions so that they can verify your identity. And I just imagine when these questions come forward, asking for your name and birth date and address and and all these different things that confirm we are who we are, if we were to say something about ourselves rather than give them the specific information of our identity, 
Say we tell them that we're, we're good with numbers or we're good with accounting or we're really good at working with our hands and we're an incredible carpenter, so that's why they should give us access. It would be, it would be ridiculous. They would probably wonder if this is some kind of prank and, uh, and we likely would not have access to, uh, to what we were hoping for. And I think in the same way, access to victorious living, it's not based on our abilities, but it's based solely on our identity. This identity comes from God. This identity comes from us being redeemed children of God through the acceptance of Jesus Christ. And the Bible declares that we're more than conquerors. It speaks not of our ability, but it speaks of our identity. We're overcomers because of Jesus. We're a couple months removed from Easter now, but uh, I, I find that Easter, as we journey to the cross and the time leading up to it, uh, there's always this, this mind, yeah, this gut check, where we're reminded of the cost that was paid for our eternity. We're reminded of the cost for justice, for perfect judgment. And we get to see that through our Savior in his journey to the cross as well. And so this morning, I hope that we can look forward from that point. How do we respond to what Jesus has done in our lives for the gift that he's given us of salvation? And uh, yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna spend some time in Romans. And uh, yeah, as I was just preparing for this message, I, I felt the Lord bringing me back to Romans chapter 12, verse two, over and over again. So we're gonna open with that um, and then unpack the lead up to Romans 12, verse two. I think this is one of the verses that is easily um, taken out of context or we, we try to apply sometimes a verse or half a verse to our situation and, uh, and it's just easy to do that. And so we wanna unpack the journey to this, to this verse. And so I'll read Romans 12 verse two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think this verse is, is so much bigger than trying to bring peace to just a tough situation or trying to escape an anxious thought or an anxious moment in our lives. And, uh, and I think in order to grasp some of the depth of it, to, to actually put us in a place of renewing our minds, to put us in a place of testing and approving God's will. Um, it takes a heart transformation, it takes a mind transformation. And, and I think Paul has, has given us the, the path to that. And so this morning, we're gonna back up from this verse and we're gonna, we're gonna go to Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 33. And uh, yeah, we're gonna walk through a few verses. So I'll just read verses 33 to 36 and then we'll, we'll break them down. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. So Paul opens up with this statement that, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The depths of the, his riches, of his wisdom, is where his will is also found. And uh, it's the perfect, pleasing will of God that we read about in Romans 12, verse two. So how do we lean into God's wisdom? How do we, how do we understand his wisdom or how do we walk in it? How do we test and approve his leading? And I, and I truly believe we can only do this through an intimate relationship with him by, by learning to speak his language. And uh, I think Galatians chapter five gives us this, this paradigm shift where, where we shift from the acts of the flesh and we, and we move into the fruit that comes from, from the Holy Spirit led by the Lord. But this is gonna, this is gonna be a sacrifice. It's gonna be a journey that, that requires us to pursue less of us and more of him. He goes on and he says, how unsearchable his judgments. And I think his unsearchable judgments are his perfect love displayed. We can't have justice without judgment. And the only perfect judgment and justice is the gospel. 
And I think this is hard. Our, our, our world is struggling with this. Our society can't grasp this. And I think that's why we, we've, we've come into a time where we have a perverted and a corrupt justice system. Because true justice cannot exist outside of perfect judgment. And, and no matter which, which issue, no matter which tension we're up against, we have the same process. Do we, do we lean back on God's word? Do we walk in step with that? Or, or do we lean on our human understanding, our human wisdom? And so we, we're in this constant journey of inclusion and addressing hurts, but when they're not addressed through the gospel, we're left leaning on, on just our understanding, our reasoning, or worse yet, we'll make decisions based on our feelings. But we seem to keep ending up with the same result. In James chapter one, he describes it as being tossed to and fro like the waves in the sea. When we ask for God's wisdom, but we don't trust in it, we don't believe in it, we go back to our, our, our human understanding and it, it just causes us to be tossed to and fro. He closes out verse 33 with saying, his, his paths beyond tracing out. So why are his paths beyond tracing out? I believe it's because he wants us to journey with him. God calls us to keep in step with him. And our human nature, our tendency is to run ahead. We, we, we believe we've, we've taken a step of obedience and we've done something God wants. And then we want to run ahead from there on our human abilities. We go back to forgetting our identity and we, when we shift back to our ability again. We, we're given so many examples or analogies or references to us being like sheep. And uh, I used to think that was, was a compliment. You know, a sheep is such a gentle animal. But uh, a friend of mine has, has become a sheep farmer. And uh, when I hear him talk about his sheep, I realize this isn't a really flattering uh, analogy for human nature. Uh, they tend to be quite helpless without constant direction and supervision. and. Uh, and I think God gives us that, uh, that example for a reason. He, he really wants us to, to let go of ourselves and draw into him. And I believe if we knew the plans that he had for us, it would be really hard for us to keep in step with him. It would be really hard for us to stick with it because the plans are so much greater than ours. They're so much larger than we can process. And the only way to get to his end goal is just that one step at a time. And so his solution is to make his word the lamp to our feet. We get one step with the light, nothing more, nothing less. So we take our step so that we receive the next one. I think one way that God has just made this really relevant in my life or just my own personal application of this is uh, with public speaking. Uh, it's something that has definitely been the greatest fear of my life. And, uh, and yeah, if not left to, to his leading, it, it can be really overwhelming. And uh, I remember a time, uh, it's a number of years ago by now, but uh, I had an opportunity to go on a mission trip. And uh, it was probably about 10 years ago. And I was really excited. I, I really felt and believed this was something that God had given me this opportunity and I wanted to step into it. As I spoke into it and I called the guy organizing this trip I, and let him know I was interested, um, it was afterwards that I realized we'd actually have to give a mission report when we got home. And, uh, and it, it just made me pause and go, oh, wow, do I actually want to go on this trip? Like, I really want to go there, but I, I really don't want to be in front of the people having to share about it after. And, and I wrestled with it back and forth. And, and uh, my wife thought this was hilarious. And she's like, oh, stop being a chicken. Like, just do it. And, uh, and so I, I went. And, uh, and after we got home, we did our mission report. And I remember about a week or two later, sitting in church. And during the service, I was just having this time, just praying and talking to the Lord. And, uh, and that morning, he asked me to give him my fear of public speaking. And, and I knew what that meant. It meant he would want me to to do it, and, uh, and so I, I just simply didn't want to, and so we just had a time of wrestling, and uh, by the end of the service, I realized this was the next step, and so I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll say yes to whoever asks, as long as you have a purpose in it, as long as you are going to use it, and it's not just for me to have to be up in front of people, and uh, 
And so the service ended and it wasn't 30 seconds later, I see a guy standing in the front of the church and he's just kind of scanning over the people and all of a sudden he locks eyes with me and he's like, hey, he just kind of acknowledges me and he starts making his way over and, and uh, he was one of the youth leaders and so he sits down beside me and says, Chris, have you, would you be willing to speak in our junior youth this week? And I was, in my head I was, I immediately said, yep, sure. And uh, I knew the, the agreement was pretty new and fresh, so I should probably be obedient to it. But it just blew my mind how it could be, from me agreeing to do it, it would just be two minutes later and I'd get my first opportunity. And uh, it was a few days after that, my daughter came home from school and says, you know, Dad, uh, my teacher was wondering if you'd be interested in just sharing about your trip to Mexico and uh, maybe doing a bit of a slideshow in front of the class. And, I said, sure, yeah, that's a great idea. So I went off to her class and did the presentation. And after the presentation, the teacher says, you know, Chris, it was, it was really neat that you got to hand out these shoe boxes and, and kind of see the front lines. Our school packs a lot of shoe boxes. Like maybe we should do a school assembly and you could come share in front of the whole school to help give us a better understanding of these shoe boxes. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and from there it just continued. And, uh, yeah, and so for me, this, this, this became my next step. This became me walking in obedience, not because I, I thought I was great at it, not because I was just so eager to be in front of groups of people, but this was that next step, and it meant saying yes. It meant taking that next step forward and trusting that God had a plan in it. God was going to use it, and uh, yeah. And so there's, I'm, I'm sure there's things that God has pointed out in your own life. That every one of us has our own, our own journey and our own experiences and our own opportunities. And so I would challenge you guys to ask God, what are, what are those things? Maybe you need reminders. Maybe we need more encouragement in them. But uh, I would invite you to pursue the next step. Verse 34 says, Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And so it's interesting that Paul asks us as a question. It's easy to, to say, well, well, nobody. <laughs> nobody came before him. Nobody's, nobody's led him. But uh, so it easily can seem like a silly question, one where we might roll our eyes if someone were to ask us personally this question of who, who led the Lord, who, who guided him. But I think we have to give some pause because it's in here for a reason. <clears throat> And I think that sometimes our actions speak louder than our words. We take commands like loving one another, and then we apply human wisdom and logic to how we are going to work that out in our lives. We might take words like peace or freedom, and rather than going deep into God's word to understand his heart, we run ahead on our abilities. We go back to our abilities instead of the identity that God has given us and invited us into. And so I think we need to seriously ask ourselves this question often as we're coming into, into hardships, into struggles, is finding out what is God's plan in this? What is God's direction? What does his word tell us and lead us in? And I think this is gonna be the continuation of that process of less of us and more of God, where we lay down our thoughts, our choices, our feelings, and our preferences and we say and ask God, what do you need? What do you think of this situation? Verse 35 says, who has ever given to God that God should repay them? And I think this addresses the nature of our giving. I think it confronts how we view our resources. Our resources are, are so much more than just financial. Our resources are our time, our money, our relationships, our influence, our authority, all the things that God has given us to use to point others back to him. And I think if we view these resources, we view these things as ours, then it's easy to hold a mindset of expectation. We do this or we give this so that God blesses or gives us. And it's this mindset that is gonna leave us lacking, it's gonna leave us wanting. Because we're seeing an exchange of us for God. But I think if we can shift our mindset in this, when we start to view these, these resources, these relationships, these opportunities, if we view these as God's, if we view our time as God's, we view our, our reputation, our influence, our authority, if we view these all as God's, 
and we see ourselves as just the stewards of them, then it's a lot easier to give because it, was, it is and was God's to give. And it also removes the expectation. We're not looking for God's rewards because we're actually just stewarding what he already has. And I think this is gonna be another one of those paradigm shifts that we had talked about earlier. This is, a, this is another phase where it shifts our thinking and our thought pattern. So we go from what we need from God to what can we offer of ourselves to God. And then verse 36 says, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever, amen. And I think we will just insert God instead of him, just to make it more personal. It says, for from God and through God and for God are all things. To God be the glory forever, amen. And I think this could be the most significant statement in our lives. It could be the most significant mindset that we, that we shift to and embrace as followers of Christ. I think we need to just hang on these words and really ask ourselves, do I, do I see God in this way? Yeah, do I see my life in this way? Because this acknowledges God's sovereignty. Everything and everyone was created to bring God glory. And I think as, as humans, this is, this is the challenging part because we have our own free will. We get to make our own decisions and, and we really have to wrestle through the choices we make. It's really, really easy to desire to make our life comfortable or to make our life our way. And, uh, and we're actually called to bring him glory in our choices, in our actions, in our words, in everything we do. One of the things I've, I've really appreciated just being out in the valley for a number of years is just observing creation, the wildlife, the nature, just everything, everything points back to God. When you start to see how the trees interact with their surroundings, when they interact with, with temperature, with the seasons, everything has a specific season and a specific purpose, and it works together in harmony. And, uh, and you start to see things like, like a beaver pond that uh, you can so easily take for granted, but you start spending time at these places and you start watching how, how nature supports itself and supports each other. And uh, you start to, to see what was, you know, a few trees that went down, maybe an inconvenience, and suddenly you see a new habitat forming, a new water hole for the wildlife. You start to see how animals start gathering at this place and it becomes a, it becomes a destination spot. And, and there's just these incredible ways that nature weaves itself together and it supports itself and it looks after itself. And, uh, and in all of it, it actually builds community and it builds unity. And you just see God's incredible design in, in the simplest of things. And, uh, and in reality, that, that's... That's meant to be us as well. That's meant to be us walking together. We're meant to support each other and, and be in this community that actually brings honor and brings glory to God and points people back to him. So we'll move into, into ver- chapter 12 now. And uh, verse one starts with the word therefore. And uh, I've heard it said many times when the word therefore shows up, you must ask, what is it therefore? And uh, so verses 33 to 36 have to lead us into chapter 12. They have to lead us into, into walking out these next verses because he's referencing going back. So chapter one, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse one says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The words in view of God's mercy really stuck out to me when I read this. We must remain in sight of his mercy for us. This is our identity. We're image bearers of Christ. Each one of us has been chosen and God has prepared opportunities in advance for us to walk into, not because we earned it, not because because we're good enough, but in view of his mercy, this is possible. You're not limited by anything and you're not qualified by anything. It is in view of his mercy that we step into the opportunities that he's prepared where we lay down ourselves 
to bring him the honor and glory he deserves. And I think when we can grasp this concept, we can embrace this mindset, we can also have the freedom to lay down ourselves. We can throw up our hands and say, here I am, Lord, send me. And I believe it's these things that are gonna bring us closer to God and also shift our, our, our minds and our image into that of who God made us to be, which is reflecting his image to those around us. And it says this is our true and proper worship. So now we come back to where we started. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we avoid conforming to the patterns of this world? It says we do this by renewing our minds in Christ. And as I mentioned earlier, this, is not, this isn't an escape. It's not trying to, to avoid reality or avoid this earth. It's actually learning to live in it, learning to glorify God in it. So we're not trying to change a circumstance or a relationship to the way that we think it should be. It begins by, by removing the small box that we tend to put God in and, uh, and just spend time gazing at his significance and the sovereignty that he rules with. It's conforming our minds and thoughts to the ways of God and we start to lean into his ways and his wisdom and we realize that God's justice comes through God's judgment which is only achieved by applying the gospel. We're all ministers of that gospel. So in view of God's mercy, we need to open-handedly walk down some of these unknown paths that the Lord has for us. And it's meant to be our life journey, not a destination. It's not something we arrive at and then, and then we're there. We journey on, until he brings us home. And it's a lifelong process of maturing into the men and women that he's created us to be. I don't think, I believe if we don't step out in faith and take action, we won't inherit those promises, those opportunities of God. And I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about the opportunities he gives us here on earth. I believe many of us have promises from God and we are expecting God to sovereignly fulfill them. I don't believe that his promises are always guarantees. And it might sound contradictory for a God that never changes, but I believe it's true. God promises are sure, God's promises are sure, and they will come to pass. But the question is, are we the generation that lays hold of them? There was a generation that had promises that they would enter into the promised land, and they died in the wilderness. But God did bring the people of Israel into the promised land, just as he said he would. His promises were true, and they were faithful, but they passed a generation by. There's a reality that we cannot do God's part. God speaks, God releases the power, but there's also the positioning of our hearts where we take action and we choose the things of God. We renew our minds on the ways of God so that we're able to test and approve what God's will is. Let's close in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for the opportunities you give us, Lord, to just to lean into you, God. I thank you that, yeah, we have this endless invitation, God, to step into, into your ways, to step into the things of you. Yeah, God, would you help us to, to remain in view of your mercy, God? Would we, would we see ourselves and identify ourselves as your children. Yeah, God, we thank you for the opportunities that you prepared for us to walk into, God. Would you help us to see them? Would you help us to embrace them, Lord, and to choose them? I thank you that each one of us are chosen. Each one of us are your children, God, and that you're faithful. Yeah, Lord, I just, uh, I pray you would go before us through this day, through this week, and uh, yeah, I'm excited, Lord, for, for the next steps that you have for each one of us, for those things that you're, you're inviting us into, God. Yeah, pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 
if you are able, we'll ask you to rise one more time for a closing song, and then Chris will give us a benediction. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise. Dreams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of God's redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God he to rescue me from danger interposed with precious blood oh to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be let your goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee prone to wander Lord I feel it prone to leave the God I love here's my heart oh take and seal it Seal it for your courts above. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. In closing, I'd just uh, like to read Paul's prayer over, uh, over the church in Ephesus, chapter 3, verse 16. As I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Be blessed.